The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Frog legs. I have had frogs legs. They're, they're terrible. That was a really bad Alex Jones. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you got <clears throat> You've got the voice for it today. You got to talk like this, kind of weird, and you have a real low, like in the weird, throat, like cancer, weird, cancer voice. Like you got a little bit of an soldered accent. I love, I love Alex Jones. He's so funny. Yeah. Like I don't look, I don't prescribe to anything that he says, but he is the funniest character in the world. You know the problem with with characters like that. Is half the shit they say twenty years later? You're go, you're looking back and going, you know, Alex Jones was he had a crystal ball. He knew exactly what was going. But you know, I, oh, I forget who 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 said it. But you know, all these people have to be is right once. They just have to be right once. Nostradamus said that. <laughs> yeah, he said, "I will be right once. I just don't know when." But everybody better listen to me. Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's the thing is like you can. It, it is actually very true. All the cynics of the world or the the the, the negative cynics predictors, realists, hold it here. I'm having deja vu all over. Again. Yeah, yeah. We keep going to that back to that topic. Everyone's like, "Why do you keep talking about this?" It's because we're in a hall of mirrors. Yeah. Well, referencing our, our seven <laughs> other episodes. Well, uh, welcome to the Wolf and the Bull podcast. This is the Wolf speaking. Welcome to episode eight. Uh, it is a beautiful day in Southern California, and unfortunately, the Wolf has got a bout of uh, doggy COVID. Just kidding. I don't really oh have COVID, God. but I've got doggy like allergies. I guess and everything's COVID now. So, well, I think you you know, probably got COVID. a small furry animal stuck in your throat at some point. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. There's nothing to say to that. <laughs> That's probably a frog. Uh. <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, welcome to episode eight. You know, uh, if you haven't listened to our other episodes, please go ahead and go back and check them out. They're all kind of tied together, kind of sort of. Um, and even if they're not, they're they're interesting. They're they're entertaining. At least I think so. We're weaving an intricate web. <laughs> an interesting, intricate, confusing, intricate, interesting, confusing. It's well, you know, it, you know, it depends on what kind of spiders you're into, right? Because have you seen? I mean, some of the spider webs you come out in the morning, and there's two glistening off the spider web, and it's so intricate, and you're like, "Wow, that's some serious pattern going on there." And then you run into a, a black widow web. Have you ever seen those? I oh, have. It's just They're a nasty. Sticky pile yeah. of messy stuff. It's like they've they've got. I don't know. They just kind of pooped out their webs. Like, there was no thought to it. Well, that's a nice way of thinking there. Well, Well, speaking of the last podcast, uh, our web was a beautiful web of happiness and false optimism. So, (laughs) if that doesn't doesn't intrigue you. That that begs the question, (laughs) Wolf. Even though you've got a little bit of a, you know, a bone caught in your throat or something like that. (laughs) Are you happy today? Are you having a good day? I'm alive. I'm happy. I'm alive. Wow, that I mean, is, that is so cup half nothing. What what are you talking about? That would say I'm you, alive. Uh, I'm on the right side of the grass. Wow, that's the thing that everyone should be you happy know, about. You might be on the right side of the grass, but you know where I am. 
on the top of a hill yes. shining on in a the giant moonlight. grassy knoll. People are walking around Listen. like, is it raining out? Why is he glistening? <laughs> it, it's, the moon's not even fully full. Like, what do bulls rub themselves down with canola oil? What's going on? Yeah, that was, you know, <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is we've we've always talked about a bull in terms of like our logo and this giant bovine stud in the field. Mm-hmm. But there are all kinds of bulls, right? There's a bull moose, right? There's oh, that'd be interesting. The wolf and the bull, and you're actually a moose. We could chain, we could, could throw be, people for a loop. Don't they call? Well, I mean, there's a bull shark, right? El Tiburon. Are you are you are you not happy with the very basic bull logo that I've given you? You the no, rainbow I'm, bull. I'm just I'm just a conforming bull. It depends. Every. Every season podcast. we should I'm release. identify differently as a different type of bull. Well, every season we should just change the logo and you can be like a different form of bull <laughs> and I'll be the same wolf. Well, the question is, are you going to make me a Looney Tune character every time? No, because I think we'd probably get sued. I'm pretty sure they probably have copyright for that well, still. We, we Do they even show that on TV time. anymore? Do they show those? Uh, it's probably got its own streaming service for all we know. Yeah. Disney doesn't. Warner Brothers. Owns. Warner Brothers. Yeah, I'm sure they probably do. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> on that note, yeah, we're done. We're, at, <laughs> we're done, guys. This one's kind of on. short, five minutes. But who are we usually brought to you by? Well, normally we're brought to you by unnamed energy drinks. Uh, today we're brought to you by an unnamed energy tea because <laughs> the, the, the wolf, even though he is not feeling quite up to par and is speaking about himself in third person, um, he is still having something full of energy. It'll change. Um, can't always have the unnamed energy drinks. Because I'll stay up forever. So, well, I got a question for you today. What inhibits wolf-like behavior? I mean, you like, know, you are a wolf. There are certain things inalienable about you. I mean, you like to blow pigs' houses down. You like to <laughs> wait for people in little red hoods to come by. You like to shine your teeth and. Again, tear apart small free animals all the time. All three of those. What uh, is negative. the real deterrent for you being wolf-like? I mean, historically, yeah. French Canadian hunters. Uh, <laughs> yes, but you guys are making a comeback. I heard up in Yellowstone, yeah. you're everywhere, and you're you're attacking. We're a nuisance. You're attacking bull moose, by the way, up there. Well, I'm kind of upset about that. We're a nuisance now. We're, they've let us. They've let us, for lack of a better term, uh, spread. They've, yeah, they've let us spread our wings. <laughs> you, while you're attacking all the bovines, yeah, that's why. Yeah. Well, now we're now we're a nuisance. But by you the know, way, really... I need to correct something from the last podcast because Uh-oh. I was blabbing on about you know, what happened. Old. Greek Re- retraction are we Greek doing philosophers a and things like that podcast so retraction? I said Aristotle drank hemlock that is incorrect it's Socrates that died from that but then Aristotle got stabbed no well I don't know how he died to be honest with I'm, you but I can tell you this, this Aristotle was told to kill himself That's by rough. the government at the time by drinking hemlock and he said screw that that's what happened to Socrates I'm gonna go run to a different different city Oh, he died from natural causes. I don't know what philosopher I'm thinking of that got stabbed. Probably Caesar. He wasn't even a philosopher. Well, uh, actually, he kind of was a philosopher, if you think about it. I mean, what's his famous line? Most famous. Uh, Don't quiz me on this. Uh, Ite. Brutus. Brute. Ite brute. Yeah, ite brute. Which is why Brutus, right? Yes, why you, Brutus. But you know what really, on a note of things that ruffle my... My very coarse and matted and not washed fur. Um, 
so lady lady wolf and i traveled to uh, uh the beautiful city of austin texas this last weekend um and gotta give a quick shout out to terry black's barbecue um for anyone that's been there uh by far the most magical experience i've ever had with any semblance of barbecued or smoked meat it was incredible you i could, love me some barbecue too you would have died Really? It was that good. Like I it, like if you were to say What did you have? Did you have like we a brisket, we had pork ribs, we oh. had their mac and cheese, we had their coleslaw, See, we had their uh, we had their peach cobbler, we had some cornbread, we had Holy mackerel. Did you spend 5 days there eating? What the Yes, hell? we did. Well, here's the thing. What was cool about those places cuz this is it's very unlike California. Like California is not going to well, there California's might be California's got some great barbecue places. They're all imported mm-hmm. from elsewhere, but they do. The barbecue places are yeah. like not even close, not even remotely close. I, I hate to say this because it's it's crapping on California's normally really really good food, but not even close. There's not even a competition. Like, don't you think that was partly environmental though? You guys were nope. on a little break nope. out and about. Nope, not at all. No, I staunchly nothing, I nothing stand to do by with ambiance. Nothing to do. Nope. With- because this place was not like this was like so this did place they might use it with crack cocaine or what did they do? Hundred percent okay. meth was in it. This yeah. this place might have this place was basically like a mess hall, like a southern mess hall, mm-hmm. and you walk in, you order things by like the quarts or the pints. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had this like this the this these black margaritas, which mm-hmm. they were they were like dark dark purple like black color. I wonder what they used for that. Oh my god! Well, that, no one knows. We looked it up. No one knows. Oh my god! Like they were five dollars. And that whiskey over there, great whiskey. Those margaritas would give that whiskey a run for its mm, money. Very good. Interesting. Um, I have been to a few barbecues in Texas, and, and <laughs> seriously, guys, they're amazing. Unbelievable. And that's coming from a bull. Well, it's <laughs> cannibalism, um, but on, it was on, it was unbelievable, like super good. But anyway, uh, that's not what I want to talk about, even though uh, another shout out to Terry Block's fantastic. I, w- I would go back to Austin specifically for that restaurant. So if that was, was all that, we would but do. How was your experience getting there? So I have, uh, <laughs> I've got a little bit of like a, a, a vendetta against uh, bureaucracies. Um, oh, and I don't mean that in the sense that I don't like every organization that's in existence. I mean that in the sense that I really have a problem with organizations that have really dumb rules. Um, one of them, and I'm not to say that it's not needed because I have to really tread lightly with this because people are like, what are you talking about? Um, I really have a problem with some of the airport rules. Um, I was going to say, just say it like it is, Bull. I hate, wolf. I hate Did it. I just call you Bull? Well, you, yeah, yeah. I hate the TSA. I like with like a like not the people. I was going to say you hate the rules. I involved. hate the rules involved. And so why do you? So you you're claiming they're useless rules. Why no, don't no, you no. Explain, well, explain yourself, Lucy. I'm not saying that they're useless. I'm saying that they're kind of stupid. Um, and, <laughs> well, okay. And what look? What look? I get why the TSA came into existence. I understand why these other airports have across the world because this isn't just an American thing. This is a world thing. I understand why there have been extra precautions brought in. I understand to some degree, you know, why we, we utilize, you know, the technology that we use to to x-ray the products and do all that stuff. Um, but, you know, what really, really gets me is the the options when it comes to certain rules, if that makes sense. So, for example, with the TSA, and there's a myriad of other instances that I'll talk about. But, for example, when it comes to TSA, if it was really that big of a security issue, they wouldn't allow you to opt in for a higher level well, of like clearance. TSA pre thing you're talking about or yeah 
pre-check. I think there was another one was like a global. Uh, yeah, there's global there's something, and then there's levels. clear, yeah. and and they're all. I think pre-check is like eighty-five dollars for five years, so you can pay. Yeah, eight, I'm. I think I paid a little bit less than that, but I'm on pre. Well, here's the thing: is yeah. it's fine. I, I don't have a problem with those extra issues. I guess the problem is like okay. I'm an angry wolf, and it was, it was like seven in the morning on Saturday, and I'm grumpy. I'm tired. I'm he I'm just in got my out of his cave. I'm and... in, yeah, my giant cave. Um, I'm in, you know, my my airline attire. I like I look like trash, and that's because I don't like wearing jeans or or clothes really on an, on an airplane. <laughs> he likes to go <laughs> naked yeah. on the plane. So that's I, what he's trying to say. I cover myself in Vaseline. <laughs> oh, God. And a in a clear plastic bag and it, it's kind of opaque enough to where people can't see in. I can see why um, you go to secondary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I guess my, my point is, you know, they make you take off your shoes, they make you take your like electronics out of your bag, they make you take they make you do all these things prior to showing them your passport and your ticket or your real ID, at least in the state of California. The question I have is, okay, well, I have a background check with my passport, and I believe you need a background check for a driver's license, correct? Like, you need some sort of check Do from the DMV. you DMD. really think you need a background check for your but driver's you, license? Well, but they still take into you account... You need to hand them paperwork that but looks wait a second, official. Though. But wait a second, though. And I, I get what you're saying. I mean, DMV's not that complicated or that. No, it's not. Yeah. There's obviously a check but that goes There's on. a check of some sort. <laughs> so, so the TSA, basically, in my mind, is like an extra like step deterrent for, for, so, for flying, which I get it. But I don't understand because so if it was those, the, well, go ahead. Are, are they useless rules or useless tiers, or are they being done specifically for a reason? I think it's a myriad of a lot of things, and I think it. I think the answer to that question is all of the above, um, because one of the one of the associated flyers in our group, because we went with a, a friend of ours, she has TSA pre-check, mm-hmm. and from my understanding, all you do is you take a. You answer a simple questionnaire. Um, you fill that questionnaire out. You pay the $85, and you can pass through all that stuff. Uh-huh. That's what she told me. I had to have an official Staples representative okay. interview me <laughs> for, I think Which, it was maybe 45 seconds. Oh, dear God. So I had to go through a lot. So, uh, well, I guess that that's my point, is like there there's these additional tiers to where you can keep all this stuff that's supposedly dangerous on a plane. In your bag, you can keep your shoes on, you can keep your hat on, you keep all your clothes on for another, what, like $15? $15 for something like that? Something twelve ninety nine, something like that for five years per nah, year? It was, it was like $65. Well, bucks yeah, so, so but my point still remains is, okay, well, this is such a viable, important aspect of the airport for security, right? But in every instant, every instance of, of uh, terrorism, by the way, every instance, the one, because there's only one, by the way, there's one instance of terrorism with planes. And that one instance happened in 2001, mm-hmm. and every single one of those individuals were, guess what? Not American citizens. But they were all trained Doesn't at matter. American airports. Doesn't matter. Does not. That, that, that's well, that's beside the point. Well, let me, let me ask you, though. Let me play the devil's advocate here a little bit. Because, you know, these, these different tiers that are put in place and everything, they're, they're put in place to kind of produce more fluidity out of something that you started the whole conversation today talking about bureaucracy so they so what happens is you put a bureaucracy in place to create a deterrent for something okay and then once that grinds the whole process to a halt because that's what tsa 
did back. I remember 2001 very easily. I remember going from, I think I told the story the other day, I, I believe about um, my wife uh, getting invited because her dad was a pilot too, to go up and see what the pilot and co-pilot were doing on a 747. Which, And, and we went from that to two years later, having to basically strip to go through an airport to just get to the plane entrance. Which I, I understand. Like, I look, and here's the thing. is like, I want to preface this, by the way, we're all of our listeners, new and old. This is my opinion. I'm bullshitting. I'm not telling you to be, you know, uh, frustrated and angry and not listen to the rules. I listen to these dumb rules. Well, why I don't, don't we like cover them. this at the very beginning from now on? This is all opinion. Well, we, yeah, we do. We, we have we're a little, we have the facts. We have then the we're going to give you opinion. Well, the disclaimer. And there. the opinion, obviously, from the wolf is that his the process sucked along the way and he's 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 asking a very legitimate question that everybody out there should be thinking about and asking the same thing why do we have these bureaucracies put in place and then a criteria to allow some based on some set of KPIs some money. set of normally money well that's definitely a component in almost of it. every instance it's that money. is absolutely a component of it because it, you you're able to create more government jobs to have oversight for yep. regulation to, and it's paid for by the very people that don't want the regulation. Well, so you don't want a regulation, so a bureaucracy is put in place, mm-hmm. and then your subscriptions or your fees or your certification levels or whatever pays for the people to put be put in place to monitor you. Exactly. So you're paying so, for somebody to monitor you. So it becomes... Because, look, I have no problem with deterrence. I mean, there's many deterrents within the world. I mean, one of them is on every single person's front door, a bolt, a deadlock. That is a deterrent. If someone really wanted to get in, they get in, but the deterrent is a lock on your door, right? Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying we shouldn't have those. And when it comes to the TSA, I'm not saying we shouldn't have an active attempt to make places like that safe. The question I have is, okay, well, what happened happened 20 years ago now. Happened 20 years ago. Um... Most people who do these things are not American citizens, and the ones that do, the ones that do, they don't go on the planes because the plane. Look, because look, this stuff that's been created is is been set in everyone's mind of okay. Well, there's so much security. There. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to another. Well, you have. You and I have been to another country. America is in some ways uh, kind of lightweight compared to some oh, countries. You, I've, you go to you go to Israel or Germany. Oh, I've been Ger- to Germany you know with a label. Do? You know They've what they got do as far as They and... don't waste their time with all this this little no. piddly shit. You know what they do? They look you in the eyes. Mm-hmm. They train these people to profile you. Yeah, that's another. Profile that's another. That's another you. topic we can get into. That's what they train them to do. Uh huh. Well, and then that's an and that's an effective to some in a lot of ways if they know what they're doing in an effective way. Of it's doing more things. effective. Um, it's more effective than pulling over my eighty year old mother. Well, in in asking her to take her shoes off and and go through her purse. Well, you know what the funniest part about all this is is. So the technology that they use, and I did some research on this because this really bothered me. And it really bothered me specifically because I was picked. I was the guy picked to be frisked and they checked through my stuff. What is Mind it about you, you? You are always picked, dude. I've got a I giant think, package that people confuse <laughs> for a bomb. <laughs> you walked you right have, into that you one. You have left the you bull absolutely walk. speechless with that one. Look, I thought it was because you have the melon the size of a, I don't know what. I've got two melons. <laughs> you got two melons, not one? 
Oh my god! Oh, oh anyway, Paige oh, and Caitlin. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess my 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 point is like I don't mind getting I've lost frisked. All points at this point. I don't mind getting frisked if you I'm taken. To, want to get if frisked. I'm taken to dinner afterwards, right? I know so, what it is. The reason you get pulled over is <laughs> in the secondary. Is you always ask. You say, "Hey, can can somebody frisk me?" Well, he walked up. Somebody like, give me a cab. Well, what's funny? Please, what's funny please. is that I was. I'm I, whenever I go anywhere on a plane, I always wear like like workout clothes like baggy hoodie you know which isn't super baggy i mean i'm i've gotten super ripped apparently so I, has I, I fill out baggy. the hoodie now i fill out the hood i'm super yoked now guys <laughs> um but uh I, I guess the point that i'm making is i'm wearing like workout i wouldn't say like leggings but they're like underneath my workout i'm wearing it right now because i was gonna go to the gym they're underneath my shorts there's literally no place that I could hide anything. He's making some and this guy, statements right this now. guy walks up to me. This guy walks up to me. I don't know what his name is, and I don't give a shit. Um, he, he walks up to me. He says, okay, I'm going to have to pick you out of the thing. And I was like, well, I've just been x-rayed, so there's n- really no way that you would not see something on me. Because uh, the, the technology they use, I think it's called... We well, uh, just want to see if that's real. Well, the technology they use... <laughs> the technology they use is called uh, computed tom- tomography. So it's basically a, an x-ray that you know looks through all of your attire and clothing. There's no way, and I, and I, 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 I dare them to prove me otherwise. There's no way that they would have looked at me and said, "This guy, he's got some stuff." Like, didn't you? Didn't you get checked for like uh, nitroglycerin at yeah, some point yeah, in time? It's, yeah, they, they, they. I have my. Computer oh, I probably shouldn't have me. said that. Darn. <laughs> like so many civilians with access to nitrous. So yeah, like holy hell. Well, yeah. the problem is the term nitroglycerin has glycerin. As part of the word, which means it's the same kind of stuff that you put on hand lotion, for God's sakes. And it, anytime you have a computer, they'll, especially if you've had a computer that's a work computer where more than one person has access to, like a laptop or whatever, it, they swabbed that and they found whatever they found. I don't know. I mean, it's, for me, it could have been they were looking the snack for, I had for lunch. They were looking the, for ghosts. Well, because they swabbed my hands but, too. But back to the point you're making here. Mm-hmm. There's there's things that look like absolute arbitrary rules that have this. The, in, in my mind, they have an intent to create t- two things. I want I want to get across. Number one, this harkens back to something we've said in previous podcasts as well. At least I have, is that this this has a uh, an end result of creating a hierarchical structure produced from bureaucracy. And what I mean by that is it creates levels of trust. That someone can opt out of with $85. Determined. Well, hold on. You can opt out with $85. Hold on. It's, it's all it is is a data point. I, it's a data point in what I like to go in. And I think we should have like a, a whole series of shit about, about the social um, credit scores and things like that. Because that's, that's in essence what we're talking about here. It's another data point that says, okay, you not only have a driver's license and a passport, but you're pre-check. Yeah, but... Uh, but and that's again, another data point that puts you ahead of some other crowd. Sure, and, and you're you're correct, but, I, but I, I think that that's kind of beside the point that I'm making, right? Because cause you're, you're right about that. That is 100% what it is. It's a... Okay, well... It's meant to be a deterrent, correct? 
is I it, guess to get, to get to get you to a point where you're going to go and spend some money for well look but wait uh, look uh, yes and no because if we're talking about look so this is an argument people make with gun control right uh, I've had multiple conversations with with people and you and I are both we're both civilians we both have exercised our Second Amendment rights here okay so and we both believe in the Second Amendment so let's put that uh, down on the table. But, my point, yeah, America, uh, gay frogs, Alex uh, Jones. Um, so I guess my point is, I've had conversations with people about, well, you know, we should get rid of, we should get rid of the guns. You know, the guns are the problem. Yada yada yada. I've had those conversations. I understand where people are coming from, but this is the, the this is the argument that people make out of ignorance. And what I mean by that is, they'll say, okay, well, there's there's deterrence. There's there's steps through it. Eighty five dollars is not in any way for an American citizen. A major detriment to getting past it. So my point is, if someone really, oh, it, it is. No. Mm. Yes, it is. Let me let me let me qualify. This. Okay. I know where you're going, and I think we should talk more in depth about the deterrent of having a gun versus not having a gun in that whole or the prices whole, associated, because that's the, the, the argument you're making, right? No. Well, part part of the consequence of all these levels that you can opt into for a price is that supposedly behind that there's a different level of checking that's going on. I, I, I cross the border all the time, or used to, yeah. a lot, okay, to, for, for business. Well, I better probably qualify that in, in, the, in the shipping industry, okay? The distribution I make, I industry. I can't make the joke I want to make because I would. Sure, you can. Why not? We'll get canceled again. Who cares? <laughs> Walter White. Oh, God. Okay. Joking. Just kidding. And they they're canceled for yet. the eighth time. They have time. not seen me yet. Yeah. They might even. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll Eisenberg. put a little band aid across We need to get you one of those exactly. like bowler caps. <laughs> that'll be that'll be your 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 uh, your attire is just a black bowler cap and those glasses. Well, it, it, you know what? Whether whether it's that kind of distribution or not is beside the point. We won't get into all the details of what I do or do not do. But the whole point is as conspicuous to, as to be possible. able to get across the border of the United States and Mexico, and you want to do it without sitting in line and getting everybody trying to sell you, you know, the 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 canvas of Elvis. Love that. <laughs> you know, but, it's my favorite. Well. Usually, it's a canvas of Elvis with or the Mother Chibis. Mary and the cross and everything. So, well, that's accurate. It's absolutely. He, he accurate, was with but... both of them on the toilet after he OD'd. Oh my God! <laughs> cancel, cancel, cancel. <laughs> <laughs> We've got everything involved yeah, in this. Snorting rat poison but, but, will kill but, you guys. But my, my point is, is I used to, I, I had to go through uh, a process with the feds yeah. to get what's called a sentry pass. Sure. A secure entry pass. And it was a, you know, Homeland Security kind of document. It's a picture ID that allowed me to get into a special line and get across and all that kind of stuff. And it was a matter of wanting to do something for the purpose of speed. There was money involved. There was a background check involved. And it put me on a different threshold with other people and in in companies do the same thing there's mm -hmm. something called a fast yes. lane f-a-s-t yeah. and and there's you like, know ct pat which is you know you could argue that the customs you know trade protection or excuse me customs can't remember the name of it customs trade partnership against terrorism which is ct pat which all these things allow a different level of participation in whatever business or social thing you're doing they're all important to the but Back to what I was saying a minute ago, they're all con constructs of bureaucracy. Which so is you the put problem. a giant bureaucracy in place on purpose to create larger dependency on government, and then you fund that with levels of priority within that bureaucracy. 
That's what you do. And then you call it a deterrent. And there's only two types of deterrents, right? There's, there's only two types. It's, it, you know, there's a, a general deterrence, which is, is kind of a societal one that, that what in general, you're trying to say, Hey, we don't want you to do something. So here are the structure and the rules around that laws, yeah, laws, certification, rules. whatever. And, and then which, there's the, for those things on the, the note of laws. I mean, you could make an argument that those things are needed because there's a morality. There's a collective agreement of right or wrong. That's the key though. It's gotta yes. be a collective agreement. Exactly. Which is where all that comes so, from. So I don't that, have a problem with that. Well, like, but, to but, some degree, but but my point, I don't have a problem with rules and regulations too. I think we have as societies have to have some kind of construction around yeah. that so that everybody has a collective agreement on that. The problem these days is that nobody collectively agrees on yeah squat. But uh, but uh, well, let, let, finish your point because I don't well, want you well, to lose. Well, my my point is that there's a general deterrence, and then there's also specific deterrence, and specific deterrence is more around stopping re- recidivism, right? Yeah. So you've got general deterrence saying don't do this or else, mm-hmm. and then specific saying you did this, but you better not do it again because we're punishing you real hard right yeah, now, which right? Is, and and yeah. but but there's kind of three aspects to that whole thing. There's celerity, certainty, and severity. Mm-hmm. And celerity means how quick. Yeah. If you did something, I don't care if you're a little boy that did something your parents don't like, or if you're a criminal that did something, how quickly do you get punished? Mm-hmm. How quickly do you go through the system? And severity, of course, is how severe is the punishment? Yeah. Is it, is, you know, is it like a prison? Is it slap on the punishment? Yeah. Whatever. So there's a severity part. But the most important is certainty. You have to be sure in a society or as a, a child to a parent or anything else we're talking about, you have to be certain that if you cross over this line, you will get punished. Sure. And therein lies the problem because the certainty is gone from our society. Well, but, and I agree. I think that that's a really good point you make. And I think that that kind of ties into, you know, the issue that I have with the TSA. The problem is with all those things, the things that are really serious, they don't give you an opt out with a, a small payment of some sort. If I do something that's really serious, like if I if I if I commit a felony, innocent until proven guilty, yes, I get a, a, a I get representation. You know, I get I get protection. You know, with my with my Fifth Amendment. You know, I get to be able to protect myself as a citizen and not indict myself, and I get to have proper representation. That's fine, but the felony is still the problem. If I get found guilty, then there's that certainty, there's that severity, all those punishments, all that stuff, celerity, all that stuff comes in after the fact. The TSA, as you stated a second ago, with big bureaucracies, yeah, big bureaucracies, <laughs> bureaucracies, a new clothing line from <laughs> yeah, exactly from Macy's. Um, but uh, uh, the the point is, the TSA seems like a giant bureaucracy for Absolutely the funneling is. of money. To the government, because look, that's, that's which, absolutely, which, I agree with. And you. the problem I have with that is not in the sense that, you know, it's another form of tax because that's basically what it, it would is. be, but it's that you can sidestep all these things with a small payment, which means that the risk, just like with the risk of dying in an airline incident is infinitesimally small. So why not knock this out of the way by giving okay. everyone a TSA pre-check upon getting their, I don't know, you want their, their let's... license or their, their, their passport. I mean, you could opt in then. And then stop all the bullshit. Because look, my laptop or my Nintendo Switch is not going to blow up a plane. Just like if I have... No, your Samsung Galaxy might have at one point. Well, right? that's another... Sure. But it, but it, like, it's the same with the, the, the turn your phone on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. Is it really... I don't know. The, I've it, never done the study thing. on that. But, I, don't, you know. I don't ever do it. 
And the I, reason I don't ever do it is because I'm not using my phone. I'm not going to look. look okay. And, and you heard that out there, a line of police. Who cares? No wonder um, you pull the wolf over to say. But here's the thing is I'm not using my phone. So in the instance of not utilizing the phone. The sure, phone is using there, itself at all times. I understand. I out. understand that. But at the same time, like I have a really hard time believing that the technology that the plane has on board is severely influenced by one phone not it, being it's used. Not. There is an infinite. My understanding is there is a small percentage chance that you can bleed over into the spectrum of, of tiny. waves. Tiny. No, it's not that tiny. Uh, I don't know if you remember when Nextel was out. You know, all the okay, radio but that, but that's a I mean, long that, time ago, though. Well, maybe to you, but yeah, some but of us but older that's guys, but, but that's what I'm suggesting. To the, from a technological standpoint, that is a long time ago. Like well, a long time ago. I don't know the reasons for it. I don't know if there are valid reasons or not. Thing. Or it's, it's a deterrent. Yeah, it, it's, it's a dumb rule. Oh, thing. It's not just a deterrent. It's who will follow. But but, right? that, but this, that's my this suggestion. This goes back to my big conspiracy theory on all this. Sure. Stuff in terms of social credit scores, it's who will follow and who will not. Mo- I mean, if you want to talk about deterrents, uh, we could talk about them. I mean, I don't know if we should go there or not, but there, there are a lot of things done in the last year that you were told to well, do. Well, uh, look, a prime, a prime example, and I'll bring it up because I'm the, I'm the uh, abrasive one on this podcast. Um, a prime example is just this week, Anthony Fauci decided to come out and say we don't need to wear masks anymore. Oh, there you go. But he's been vaccinated since January. So here's what's funny about that. Either A, Anthony Fauci keeps falling down a flight of stairs face first and keeps suffering from some semblance or bout of like dementia to where he doesn't remember things or he's completely full of shit and he's lying to everybody to get them to do what you're suggesting. Well, the answer is always somewhere in between, right? But the, Mm. the, the, the problem with all these kind of things, especially at that level, is that he's a bureaucrat. That's what he he's been yeah. a bureaucrat for thirty years with the NIH. Yes, he he's he's put his stamp of approval on all kinds of things he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, with huge pharma, with billions and billions of dollars at stake. Mm-hmm. This I, I mean everything around this last year in terms of what really I mean it's a miracle that they came out with the kind of things they did, but the the actual ability to do the kind of modality that Moderna and Pfizer did mm-hmm. has been around for a long time. It's just not been approved. Yeah, they could have. I'm not arguing whether it should or should not. Sure. And I'm not going down any of those rabbit holes right now. But I'm just saying that, that if you if you follow the money, you see all kinds of things that you start to question. Well, And back to what we're talking about mm-hmm. as far as the TSA and things like that and these hierarchies that are put in place by these these payments you make, part of it is there, there's a there's a calculation be made being made as to how um, organizations or bureaucracies can get people to follow in line to get in line with with what they deem has a longer term positive consequence to society as a whole so let me ask you a question and this is something that i've always thought about and this is something that you know once i probably say it anyone who's listening to this is probably going to think about every time they go into an airport what's a more likely scenario someone walks into the front of an airport gets to where the TSA line is, you know, 100 yards from the front door and decides to push a button or gets through the TSA line and gets to the plane, which would damage more people. That's my suggestion. Because look, these rules in 2001 made sense. They made sense then. And the problem I have with these bureaucrats, the problem I have with all these people, especially with this last year and when it comes to whatever is going on, all these people say, well, the rules are in place for a reason. They're antiquated rules. They're antiquated rules. Like, look, look uh, I hate to be a bubble burster for anyone who doesn't want to believe in inoculation theory. 
when you get a vaccine, yes, you kind of maybe might in a very infinitesimally small percent chance pass something on if you are around a room of people who are sick for a long time. The likelihood, though, is that if you walk by someone on the street, maskless, and they don't have the vaccine, or you have the vaccine, you guys won't infect each other. That's been that's been a study forever. You can look at almost any disease in the course of history. In the the transmissibility of these things is typically dependent on not only proximity but how long you're but, in proximity with people. Well, it's person to person. In in person to person, aerosolized, etc. But it's not just walking into the wind. And no. what was that that M Night Shyamalan? The happening. The happening. Oh my Mark, god. Mark Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, love that it movie. Started so good. I'm we sorry. saw that. We saw that in theaters together, didn't we? No, hell no. That was no. Before, you're right. That, that was, was before yeah, the was wolf was born. Was for a, God's sakes. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but but um, my my point is is that the premise was amazing, but there was this this assumption that everything could be dispersed into the air and just these infinitesimal little parts would affect yeah, the whole world and such. Make and people kill themselves. How, that's not how. Now, no. it can be more that way than not if we as a uh, a science society in the United States headed by the NHS or NHS NIH, NIH who then gives EcoHealth a bunch of money who then gives it to the Wuhan Institute whoa, for whoa, 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 research whoa, whoa. biology hey, on gate of function. It's all conspiracy. It's, it's, it's stuff I heard about 10 months ago. Well, Rand Paul. More was, than that. Well, Forget Rand, Rand Paul. Well, he confronted stuff Fauci has been out forever. like two weeks ago on it and Fauci was like, oh, I'm an Well, idiot. I know. He made up yeah. very... Pl- all kinds of well, interesting things that may or may not be true. And I'm not even here to decide or, no. or talk about those or even go down those conspiratorial. I guess, well, I guess the point I, I made by bringing that up and the same thing with the TSA is look, so many things could be done so much more efficiently. If the people that had the keys to the door didn't keep the keys to themselves. It's like, it's like with, it's like with the, the TSA. It's power. But sure, but you can have even more power if you streamline shit. That's the that's the thing that I don't think these bureaucrats understand. It, wait, wait a second though. So the the Federalist Papers talks about this, right? Keeping ambitious people out of places of Correct, power, right. right? So the people who are ambitious, what they seemingly don't understand is power. Unlike wealth, is a singular infinitesimal time limited thing yes it is yes it is for a specific person it is you want to know why because we all die one day no i'm your power i'm not not i'm not shaking my head at your thought yes okay i am shaking my head because you seem to think there's this altruistic aspect no, no, of all no, this and there's no, not i don't i, I think i seem to think that there's 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 neither altruistic nor malicious aspect it just is what it is i think bureaucratic rules are put in place at a time from an altruistic intent at that said time, but then because humans are lazy and because they think that power is is well, somehow always going to be within their hands, they make no changes, right? Well, I don't think I don't think it's laziness. I, you know who Thomas Hobbes is? He's mm-hmm. he was a publisher back in the 1600s. Yeah. He published books and stuff, and and he he talked a lot about deterrence at the time. But his philosophy overall was that you know men were neither men and women were neither good nor bad. They were self-interested, you know, unlike, you know, Thomas Aquinas, who thought people are naturally good, mm-hmm. right? So he, he basically, Hobbesian basically said, you're out for yourself. Yeah, the Hobbesian and you, theory. And you will, right? You, yeah, Hobbesian theory. And, yeah. and you'll basically look at where your self-interest lie and you'll weigh the aspects of doing things good or bad or somewhere in the gray area based on what the outcome yeah. is prescribed to yourself. So back to your bureaucracy for sure. a second. If, if you're in power... 
and you want to spend all your life in power and gain all those things, whether it's wealth or fame or whatever it is you're trying to gain as a person in power, if there's, if you solve everybody's problems, no matter what those problems, little or small, if you solve a problem, you can go on to the next one, next one, next one, or you can simply never solve them. You can simply solve pieces of them. Or you can simply create more chaos so that you're the problem solver. Yeah, but again, I, I think I, under, I get where you're coming from, and I think that's correct if the person making that those statements or those rules is perfect. The problem with this last year and the problem with my analysis of the TSA, not the problem with my analysis of the TSA, the point of my analysis of the TSA is that I don't have a problem with any of these things if, like all other forms of high-level security that we have in the country... If it's out of sight and out of mind, that's how most of these things happen. Look at China. If China can disappear people and no one knows where they can go, you think the United States can't do that? You think we can't have... Think they don't do that? Well, that's my point. So with the TSA, TSA is almost like, it's almost like a system that's in place that is so glaringly sore thumb full of people who don't know what they're doing. Look, because look, to bring it back to my initial point, the reason I wanted to talk about this, someone got all the way through the TSA check to the gate of the plane down the tunnel before they were realized by the workers that they weren't, they didn't have the ticket, didn't, it wasn't their ticket. It was someone else entirely. How in the fucking hell does that system exist? Because if that system is, is is to prevent things like 9-11 and other attacks, which ironically haven't They're happened not, since. Though. That's but, but, what but I'm that's trying the to argument say. they'll give you. That's a false argument. Uh, but that's the argument false they give optimism. everyone. I understand. That's the argument they give everyone. That's what the normal person, if you ask them on the street, what's the TSA for? They'd be either like, I don't know, or to prevent terrorism. That is the, the answers you'll get. Mm -hmm. So my point is, okay, well, if you want to have a system that's actually working, one, don't do that. It's not about solving it. But but it should be. It's though. Oh, fuck. I said your name again. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes. Cool. I keep doing this. Uh, it's terrible. Look, I understand that it's not about that from the bureaucratic perspective. But again, back to my point a, a few minutes ago, whether that's the case or not, people are intelligent enough to understand this. They understand that like with the border, like with the border, major issue that people have. Why don't we reform it? All that nonsense. Same reason, right? But people eventually will get tired of it. They'll yeah, eventually get angry with the it. The answer to the border is pretty simple, right? Reform it. Fast track. A lot of stuff. Well, Build, I, obviously, I, okay. secure it. But S Secure and then fix the problem, right? That, which the it, problem it lies internally in bureaucratic in internalization and, and so bullshit. So we go back to what we talked about before. Mm -hmm. you got to ask yourself the, the underlying question. Why are there bureaucracies in place? And you answered a Money second ago. You got it. But again, but again, it. but the, again, uh, the point I still have with that is even though that's the case, those things don't go on forever. They're not infinite. The money and power associated is not infinite. And eventually the structures uh, continue, though. Well, they may sure, change, but, but they continue. Sure. But the infrastructure associated will eventually deteriorate. Right. Because if you ever, if you never make any changes, if you never make any, it, well, they change it, it, all the time. Do they? Sure, they do. The Look border. At, when they came out with the TSA, they didn't have pre, they didn't have clear, they didn't have global. Yeah, but that doesn't it. change. That look, it all does. That, no, it, it, puts, it changes. It the, extends the life of something. Sure, but it, it adjusts. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't ameliorate it. If that makes sense, it does Big until word. the next crisis. Which may never happen. But it always because, happens. Well, not with that particular thing it, in twenty. Something will really? happen. Again. Well, it may not be. We can't see. Really, it. 
Okay, so we here's can't see he, something will happen. Let's hope not, but let's. Well, I, I mean, because, our world is that way. I understand, How is it but not? the suggestion that I have, and this is the way I'm looking at, and the, the reason I'm bringing this up is, look, one incident, bad incident, mm-hmm. happened 20 years ago. Right. Do you think anybody with their right in their right mind would look at that security situation now and be like, you know what, that's an effective way to do it? No, they wouldn't. That's they, my and, point. And somebody that really wanted to do something would figure out a way to do they'd it. They'd do something else. No, right. they'd do something else. Something else or something different well, to get but through, they, they are depending doing something on else. where they thought their impact but, was. But because are, if they wanted to show the world yes. that there was a problem, then they would but, but, point to but that. Again, but but again, to my point, is they are doing something else. Like, prime example is the, the gas hack that happened uh, a week and a half ago. Correct. Okay, so so we can, we can shore up the airlines and make it an impossibility for people to have a decent experience in the United States specifically. Because every other freaking airline that I've been to, every other airport that I've been to in other countries, great, great experience. They get us through just like that. They ask mm-hmm. us a few questions. It's not a mistrust of its own c- civilians, which is what my frustration is. I'll never do anything. Most people, uh, almost all people, Almost all American citizens will never, ever do anything. But that, so why is it? So, we always do that for the it, very small but percentage. But dumb as shit. I it's, agree. It's just like with the four-way intersections. It's dumb so, as shit to do the stop lines. Stop, stop lines. Stop, stop lines. lines. <laughs> uh, stop lines and the other clothing thing that I brought up. <laughs> brought to you by Macy's. No, it, it's dumb as shit to do the stop signs first and not the stop lights. Unless you're in the middle of bumfuck, which but, a lot of cities can be, I guess. But um, again, my point still goes is this thinking is antiquated thinking. If you want to make a truly safer world... You ever talk you, to a city planner? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Okay. You, you know that they have plans for the immediate and the long-term future. Yeah, but if they want to continue to be a city planner, they extend their long-term future plans out indefinitely, which is still antiquated thinking. It's, because, it doesn't matter if it's antiquated. It's human beings it, thinking this thing stuff through. Okay, so let me, let me, let me ask you. So uh, I'm... I'm st- I just basically finished the the uh, Nietzsche's uh, thus spoke spoke Zarathustra, right? Okay. And his argument, this whole thing is human beings transcending to become the Superman. I don't agree with it. I think it's nonsense. I think Nietzsche is nonsense b- purely because human nature takes a long time to change, which is what we're discussing mm-hmm. at this point. People can still adapt, and if we want to stay in competition outside of military might, if we want to stay in competition with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. we'll have to. Mm-hmm. China has figured this out. China has figured out that they have to adapt. They might keep some of their antiquated government situations, their social philosophies and their cultural and governmental philosophies. They might keep some of those, but they've realized that if they're, uh, I don't know, uh, not um, procrastinators with this stuff, then they can have a situation where they have a grouping of individuals who are under their thumb that will listen to everything that they say because of the, the capitalistic nature that is contrary into their philosophical and political beliefs, but supports everything. They've adapted in such a way that America, I don't think, quite has yet. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they're better. I'm not saying they're worse. Well, actually, no, I am saying they're worse. CP- CCP is evil. Uh, but with that being said, my point is America has a knee-jerk reaction of doing something immediately, jumping on the bandwagon, doing something that might be good or bad, like with Brooklyn Center. Great, What happened earlier this week? They, mm-hmm. they, they want to get rid of their police and replace it with the, for low. They don't want to tr- do crimes that are that are like low. Let me get the notes on this. They're getting rid of their police because of the the um, terrible situation with Dante Wright. And I'm not going to have any commentary on that because it's a really deep situation. But earlier this week, they they voted the city voted to get rid of their reform their police um, to you know involve more independent oversight, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> Uh, prohibits arrests. Yeah, well, exactly. Prohibits. You know, they they want to prohibit arrests for low level offenses, um, and you know they're going to 
they're going to utilize unarmed citizens to make traffic stops. Yeah, that's going to go over well. But but first my, time my point, one of those people gets killed, there's well, but the, but again, that goes back to my point: is this could be solved in a different way? You know what the answer is for that particular situation? Train your police better. Well, yeah, that's the I answer. Mean, I think there's no doubt when you look at the overall scope of things that they're. I, you know, I used to have this conversation with people when I was talking about business items and they would, you know, somebody would tell me that, you know, people and I don't like the, I ran into people in this industry of yours and they were jerks or they said, they lied to me about this or they did that. I said, yeah, mm-hmm. I, any organization you've ever been with, any company you've ever been with, any group of people, any church you've ever been to, any Anything that you've been part of a collective, a village with, a society at all, has had good actors and bad actors and everything in between. That is human. That's consequence of being human. So I don't know why people think otherwise. Well, I'm not suggesting that we should or that I do because I don't. I'm particularly cynical about our government in a lot of ways. With that being well, I'm said, I'm talking about the police force. Yes, or the government. Well, I mean, more I, training is better for 100%. everybody. So. You know, because I guess this these these topics that we're discussing are all under the umbrella of of just nonsense rules, right? Nonsense decisions. The thing that I have that that really just pisses me off about a lot of this is why in the world, and I know why. I know from a, a political perspective and a philosophical perspective why we've thought, discussed it: power and money. Mm-hmm. But why in the world do we decide to make things more difficult? For people who will never ever wrong the institution that is pretending to have their best interests at heart. If you if you go to a car dealership, it's, it's a veneer. If you go to Tesla, yeah, you talk to the sales guy. Okay, you tell them what car you want. They charge your card. If you're approved, you get the car. Bing bang boom. Why is that infinitesimally easier than getting on a plane with a bunch of professionals who should know what they're doing? To get you from point A to point B. Because guess what? Professionals don't manage the car when you're driving it. You can kill yourself in the car. So you're not flying the plane. So why is it so goddamn difficult to get through the TSA or to deal with situations when it comes to police when the answer is blaringly obvious? Well, is it? It is. I don't think so. The reason... I, look, I'm not saying it's blaringly obvious, obvious as in there's one answer. I'm saying it's it's obvious if you think about it from a critical perspective. If you think about it from the perspective of actually moving society in a one line direction into the future in terms of the, the word progress, then you're dead on. If you're a true progressive, which ironically, I'm not all the people progressive versus conservative. But that's, but I'm that's talking what about, that is though. Progressivism. Well, progressive is a is. word that has been adopted by all kinds and it doesn't sure. mean what it used to be. But all I'm talking about is moving through life towards something making mm-hmm. progress towards something, mm-hmm. okay? So there should be a collective understanding of where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And the rules and regulations and things that we follow and re- all the things we talked about in previous podcasts, the things that we should do as citizens should be based on those agreed pillars of society, right? And so what ends up happening, though, is that the people that are in power create rules that have some benefit for their constituency, but have much more benefit for themselves. Uh, well, again, I don't know how the TSA grabbing my ass, my legs, my chest, and my uh, genital area would be any benefit to anyone outside of being a general well, it's a benefit to the wolf. Maybe, but uh, but uh, <laughs> the point still. Look, I 
I know what you're saying, and I'm not saying that you're you're wrong. I just think that it's not, that that type of thinking is not extrapolated out to the rest of the power base. Well, it's a microcosm. Though. It's a it's it an really individual is. situation. It, it, the, the TSA, the the pre pre track and global this and if it was that, that serious, those are all microcosms of a larger endemic problem. So my point is, if it's that serious, they wouldn't have those things. Just like if, like, God forbid, we didn't know at the time, so I understand there's different variances, but if the freaking vaccine didn't work as good as it does, which is a 95% efficacy and above, mm-hmm. if it didn't work as good as it does, then Anthony Fauci would not be on TV admitting that he lied to everyone, right? Yeah. So it's like, so so what are you doing? Like, what, you're, you're, you're causing... You just want to send mis- mixed messages. He's being, right? he's re- reductionist. He's being yeah. reductionist in his, his, his... He's doing the same thing that they criticized the last administration for. I don't want to get everybody well, alarmed, well, so well, I'm not going to... Well, hold it. Mixed message is fine for a week or two to slow the curve. For but 470 days? Yeah, exactly. No. So, you know, there's... Or 20 there, years there, with the TSA? You know, oftentimes I look at all this stuff and I think there's something going on that... I just don't have the right understanding for. And then I realize, no, I do. This is this is the, the Hobbesian theory. I think you it's know, human laziness. I don't think it's laziness. I think mm. it's on purpose. Well, I really it, do. It, initially, it's on purpose, but that's why we have so many problems with our political system. We have so many problems with our infrastructure system is because something is put in place initially with good intention, mm-hmm. and then it's forgotten about. I mean, look at gerrymandering. Why? Why? We, there, there's so many different, and that's a different podcast, but there's so many different things that can be, you know, gotten rid of, reformed, streamlined, if people were just willing to cut through the red tape. And the reason they don't cut through the red tape is because this this disillusion, this, this disillusionment, not only with the people that they're supposed to serve and protect, right. but with this grandiose theory of what they believe power to be. You know who the most powerful person in the room is? The person, the ever, no, well, sure. <laughs> the, the person that everyone loves. That's the most powerful person in the room. When you have everyone around you that truly loves you, that knows that you uh, you support their interests, that, in my opinion, is the most powerful person. Because, one, you can manipulate people to do what you want. That is the most powerful person as things are, if things are okay. It, things have been okay in the United States for 200 plus years. Well, I, again, that's all a comparative, right? For sure. Uh, in, but, I, I mean... I, I I certainly agree with your overall tenor of this conversation. My really frustration, be, my screaming and, into the mic. Well, your frustration is valid. I mean, I, I've been around enough airports in my day to go through all the different things you've gone through, but with less frequency for some reason. I've got, apparently the bull has a very honest face, and I don't wear, you know, a hoodie, and, you know, my muscles are, are always bulging, but, yeah. you know. Anyway, uh, the the... <laughs> <laughs> the, the the fact of the matter is, is these bureaucracies that are put in place are put in place intentionally. And once something is taken out of your pocket as a citizen, it's not put back. I don't care if you're talking about toll roads. I don't, I don't care if you're talking about, you know, new regulations. I don't care if you're talking about new taxes. They never go away. Unless you're an intelligent leader. Someone who's an intelligent leader will get into the position of power if they're not fully full of shit and ambitious just only if that's goes gonna that's say back point. to what you're so talking you about they can't that, be ambitious if you're an intelligent leader you look at the system that you have and you say okay what can i do to get done that will one please my constituents serve my constituents and two make the system that we have a little bit better and the problem with the united states and the problem with our public servants and the problem with all the bureaucracies is we've created a giant unionized organization that does not want to change because they think that what they have uh, on their little plate 
which is getting smaller and smaller, by the way. If you haven't noticed, people are getting really, really disenchanted with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so in a long time, maybe since the 60s. But it, the plate keeps getting smaller and smaller. And all they do is they keep adding more rules and regulations and stupid ideas on top of it that not only, you know, harms their constituents and the people they should be serving, but will eventually get around to them, is my point. If you're an intelligent leader, you think, okay, um, I live in Minneapolis. I'm the mayor of Minneapolis. There's a grouping of people that aren't very happy with me and they're not very happy with the organizations that I have in place. Well, tough. Because if I get rid of the organizations I have in place, then my power is going to diminish and it's going to injure the people that are not associated but with it. But there's a calculation there done by that leader mm, because they're voted so. in, right? Mm, I don't think so. And there's, there's so much back and forth about do, do you do what is right or do you do what is expedient for the moment? And what you're saying about in the United States with the TSA and all the different things we put in place is that we do these arbitrary things to put a, a Band-Aid on yes, or put a, a, a an extra coat of paint on. It's what, what is the old saying? You can put lipstick on a pig, but guess what? It's still a pig, right? Yeah. And, and th- that's what we do a lot of the time. We got this, this. Not in every instance, though. We don't do that with the military. Oh, sure we do. Mm-hmm. Sure we do. Mm, not with everything. Uh, well, on, read some stuff sometime about some of the, the aircraft we bought over the years. Not and the, well, the, the, the price tag we put on them and the fact that they're mothballed. Sure, now. but the reason, that's that's one facet of that. I'm, I'm talking just saying about there's, there's promote, definitely things. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying that it's, it hasn't bled into a lot of stuff. I'm saying that in the areas where it probably shouldn't, it has, right? So so my, my, my analysis on all this is, it, people are taking positions on things, one, that they know very little about, like you and I. We totally don't know what the fuck we're talking about, um, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but like when it comes to the TSA, when it comes to the Brooklyn Center situation, when it comes to... I don't know if you heard about what happened in, in Arkansas earlier this week. Just a, just a little bit. Uh, I think it was, what, Fort... Was it Fort Meyer? Well, if this goes, um, this goes back Smith. to your, your comments on on deterrence in terms of owning guns though sure. right well and this is this is the funny thing that you'll never hear the media talk about or anyone who uh, who is in support of getting rid of guns entirely they'll never ever talk about the instances which they're few and far between because not a lot of people have conceal and carry license and obviously there's a myriad of different variances that go into these situations because they're so rare mm-hmm. that's why we talk about them is because they're rare sure. mass shootings sure. are rare so in, in you know fort smith arkansas earlier this week there was an attempted mass shooting uh by i think some 26 year old i don't want to use his name um he unfortunately killed one person mm-hmm. um, but what he's doing is walking outside of the apartment complex and yelling for people to come out and then shooting them as they open their door um well someone who owned a gun uh, decided to take some initiative and, and shot him back, killed him. Mm-hmm. So uh, not saying that's okay. Terrible, tragic situation on both ends. I think it's a, a terrible social breakdown when someone like that, whether they have mental illness or they've been slighted or wronged, chooses to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Just like I think it's terrible when instances with the police occur. All of it is fucking terrible. Not based off moral principles, but based on the sense that people die. Mm-hmm. It's not something that needs to happen. Um I guess the point I'm getting at, though, is the same people that will advocate for the TSA or advocate for gun control measures will never talk positively about something like this. Because if, if we really wanted to be realistic yeah. about TSA security and actually being efficient there or gun control, the argument in you know against the gun control argument is, okay, you train the people that have the guns. You make sure that the people get the guns. They, they have background checks. Mm-hmm. They have mental acuity tra- checks. Sure. Which they do, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I would know. They do all that stuff. Unperfect system, of course. It's it's a, a pain. It will, but that's the thing is, if you look at the data, 
The people who are breaking the rules don't abide by the system. Well, anyway. People that are breaking the rules are going to break them, whether there's more restrictive gun laws or not. Just like with the TSA. So my yeah, point is, yeah. why do we make well, it more difficult for I, the people who obey the rules? Well, I think to your point on this particular thing in Arkansas that occurred, the, the one thing, and I've, I've read a bit about this myself, and I, I was reading a blog the other day specific to political shootings, as a matter of fact, and the you know, thing that happened in Arizona some time ago, and then, the, of course, the thing that At happened. the baseball game, right? No, the baseball game was in Washington, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, where the uh, Republicans were playing that mm-hmm. game, and some Bernie Sanders nutbag. Yeah. yeah. And I say Bernie Sanders had nothing to do with Bernie. No. It wasn't Bernie Sanders' fault. No. It was this nutbag's fault, right? And that's that's the way I've always looked at things. And anyways, this this blog I, said, I, I was looking at by someone we both know, by the way, mm-hmm. um, was very distinct on how it was gauging these things and polls in, in relation to this. But what it basically said also was that there's this, this uh, missing viewpoint on on the, both sides of the equation, people that that typically own guns typically have a history, a family history of owning guns, hunting, owning guns, etc., safety, all this kind of stuff. That's and I'm talking in generalities here, so sure. don't you know? I mean, in broad so, strokes, it, it, statistics, exactly, yeah, exactly. So there's a perspective on what that gun really is. It's not dangerous to those people because they consider it a tool, like we've talked mm-hmm. about before. And then people that don't own any guns typically look at those things as dangerous and not necessarily tools, but inherently and intrinsically dangerous. So there's a viewpoint they have no that's experience. not shared. They have no experience. You fear what you don't know. Exactly. So, and and our, our bureaucracies that are in place look at those types of things and they say, okay, we're going to use, for whatever reasons, we're going to use this as a cudgel to get certain things done. While ignoring the fact that why are there no initiatives to get illegal guns off the street? That's where no initiatives should why, be. Why are there Absolutely. no initiatives to get, you know, illegal, uh, you know, extreme well, weaponry well, there, weaponry? There the used street. to be initiatives uh, like that. Sure. And you'll, you know, you know, you need to do it. Yeah. You need lots of good cops to do it. Yeah. To sweep these things off the street. And guess what we're doing now? Getting rid of all the good cops. Exactly. So I, I guess the, 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 I mean, who wants to be a cop? Nobody in their right mind. I mean, that's already told. That's definitely shows with Brooklyn Center. They're in, they're going to somehow incentivize citizens who are not armed to pull people over. I mean, I don't know if you know law enforcement. I think you do actually. I I know several law mm-hmm. enforcement and uh, a couple of very good friends that that one's a sergeant and in a canine unit and you know she has done. She's an amazing person. Has done amazing things and is definitely one of the good guys. But I I guarantee you. If she was 24 again, she would look at that and say, hell no. You know what I think this is going to open the door up for? Automated policing, Well, whether, which is going to be a major issue. Well, the question is, is it going to open up the door for federal policing? No, I mean, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about AI. I'm talking about automated technology. RoboCop. I'm, that's what I'm talking right? about. Because, yeah. because well, here's, here's the problem with that. that <laughs> we're getting rid of all the good cops, and then we're opening the door for artificial intelligence to take the place of those good cops. Artificial intelligence. When we keep talk, when we talk about stuff like this, and this is something I want to talk about eventually, mm-hmm. we're talking about these things: artificial intelligence, aliens, existential crises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep, I, I, am I saying that right? Crisis, crises. I've I had don't the know. problem last tomato, tomato, podcast. crises, um, crises. We're talking about this in ways loose, that uh, exactly. We're talking about this in ways that our brains can fathom. Mm-hmm. The reality is, it's probably gonna be something we don't understand. Well, I'll and, tell you the first place a RoboCop's going to come in. I can tell you right now. You're going to go downtown. You're going to park your car. You're going to put something in a fancy meter. And if you're not out before that meter goes off, 
that meter is going to secure your car there. And you can't have any argument an with the, the AI. There's, There's no, no argument. argument. You didn't make it no back empathy, in time. It's done. Nothing. Exactly. You, matter of fact, if you want to take the car out of that spot, you're going to pay your fine there. Exactly. Matter of fact, you're going to pay it in, I was going to say Bitcoin, but it's not worth anything Probably anymore. Doge. Doge ain't worth much right uh, now either. It'll I, flip. Just wait. It will. Um, matter of fact, but I'm going to the all moon. in. I'm going all in. Yeah. Um, but I, again, my, my point is, and I keep saying that, but it goes back to all, all these different instances. Is this just these things that we keep in, as a byproduct, trusting those? Whoa. Uh, wolf's, wow. Wolf sneeze. Need some wolf um, bane. Uh, yeah. Uh, as a byproduct of trusting those in positions of power who are ambitious, we are circumventing common sense and simultaneously and, and in doing so eventually going to be shooting ourselves in the foot. I would much rather deal with a cop who's a human that will pull me over, whether uh, what doesn't matter what demographic they are, pull me over. And if they having a bad day, let me off because they understand that I'm having a bad day as well. Yeah. It's happened yeah. before. Yeah. I'd rather have that and the the risk of something happening then have an our a AI risk in cop everything. well having an AI cop misinterpret me as a threat immediately which is not going to be as fun as a human cop because the AI cop is going to say okay well you can't do anything to harm me and I can do everything to harm well, you what the AI cop is going to do is it's going to look at the fact that you've had multi violations mm-hmm. you've never been TSA pre it'll just rest and you, you have there. a bad credit score and they're gonna, it's gonna rank you low, and it's just gonna put you out of your misery right there, Wolfie. Well, you know, that's it's, well, happen. that's like that's like that 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 clip from Idiocracy where the lady's like <laughs> walking up to <laughs> Carl's Jr. and she's like, "I need food for my kids," and she pushes the button, and like it's and like she gets scanned, and it's like you have no money in your bank, <laughs> you've been seen as an unfit mother. Exactly. Your children have been put in the property of Carl's Jr. <laughs> and then they spray her, and she like gets knocked <laughs> out. They take her away. Like that's that's what it seems like. And yeah. Well, somebody had a lot of. Of, uh, foresight with that movie well they seemingly always do it's like with yeah. south park and in the simpsons they predict these things and it's like uh well, there, there's there's i mean you can take things you know way down a road and then 20 years later you can look back and say well it wasn't that far down that road you know but yeah. yeah but i think your point is valid because there's a there's an outgrowth of all this that is very worrisome to me because it's history repeating itself yeah. over and over and over again and and you've got to ask yourself where these pushes and prods from this this overarching bureaucracy called government in our country and other countries are the same way do they oppress in different ways subtle in in more formative and I, I you know I think I think it takes a lot to I I'll give you an example I'm I'm just a like 30 pages into a book called ordinary men right now hmm. I don't know if you've read that or not yeah I have you have yeah, I just bought it. A, that's it's, a really it's, interesting. It's the book. the one. It's I, I've mentioned it with the. Is that the one you mentioned? One I've by, mentioned uh, with. I think it was Browning. Yes, with one with the guys, the salespeople who were indoctrinated into the Nazi yes. order police. Yeah. Yes, I've mentioned it multiple times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I must have subconsciously. Pretty sure I sent it to you. No, no, I'm pretty I sure. Bought it. No, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you a while ago, and I've just over the months have been subconsciously ingraining wow. it into your brain. Eventually, That's crazy, eventually but, you'll read Auschwitz, but the, which. Well, I can't read too much of that stuff mm, because I'm a happiness person for the most part. Right. Happiness bull, right? I am. I'm maybe a blue, Looney Tune bull or red or whatever it is standing on my hill, more. but I'm still glistening and happy up there. <laughs> so, but but I, I found that kind of kind of amazing that the common person. It can be on both sides of the equation. 
Yeah. You know, they can be the, I, I, I forget exactly what it was, but there's, there's a recognition, I think, that human beings can be on as radically bad or as radically good as circumstances will force them into. And it's a rare person that can pull themselves out of that. Kind Most of, of us can't. And that's that's what I agree with. Well, that's what's so funny about that particular book. And, you know, what's interesting is that I've talked to people who are on either side of the social events that have happened over the last year and a half, and all of them seem to think that they're on the right side of history. And the funny thing is, is they won't know until history plays out. And from the the philosopher Banksy, he's not a philosopher, he's actually an incredible artist, he once said that uh, the greatest crimes in the world are not committed by people breaking the rules, but by people following the rules. It's people who follow orders that drop bombs and massacre villages. Oh, yeah. And I think that can be said on both ends. I think yeah. it could be said for people who break the rules purely to break the rules, and it could be said for people who follow the rules without ever questioning, purely to follow the rules without questioning. I think the line to be tread is to realize that sometimes there are rules that are really dumb and oppressive and, I tyran- and then tyrannical mm-hmm. that shouldn't be listened to. And there's other rules that are in place for a reason. And that's one of the reasons I think that this country and our ability to do what we're doing right here is so damn important. Yeah. Because it's so rare. Because you can take and, and see how people can fall into either of those camps. But you can also see how the middle lane, the one that registers and uses your brain to determine rights and wrongs, not just from an individual standpoint, but from a collective standpoint. And you can voice your opinion. You can change your mind. And you can change other people's minds. And all that kind of thing can happen. But, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a quick quote as well that I, I absolutely love. I can never say it correct, so I'm going to actually read it out loud. But it's not from a philosopher. It's from a mathematician and, and astro, well, I was going to say astrophysicist, but I don't think it was called that at the time when Nikolai Copernic, Copernicus was around. Mm-hmm. But he said, to know what we know, what we know, right? Let me start that again. To know that we know what we know and to know that we don't know what we don't know, that is true knowledge. So wrap yeah. your brain around that one. Let's you got to know, and you got to know what you don't know. Well, I think that that ties into the idea of pride, right? Because if you're if you're an ultra prideful person, you're never going to consider that. People who are ultra prideful often speak out of turn, and they often speak in in blind emotional outbursts, mm-hmm. just like. And those are the ones that don't know that they Mm -hmm. don't know because they don't consider it they just think they know it all well and and that's and those type of people will definitely fall for you know and i think we'll use this as the the last quote but uh they'll definitely fall for what henry david thoreau once said is any fool can make a rule and any fool will mind it Mm -hmm. and i think rules because this is a discussion of the public sphere they apply when it comes to laws they apply when it comes to bureaucracies and they apply when it comes to the social discussion Mm-hmm. And taking positions on other sides, on either side, is adhering to any variance of rules. And if you don't consider the rules that you're adhering to, then you are the fool fulfilling the rule that some other fool created. And you don't want to be that fool. Hey everyone, this is The Wolf speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bold Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. 
we can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.